let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, everyone loves a good party, but not everyone wants that party vibe right outside of their home. Some Shaw residents say the neighborhood has enough party spots already, and they want a three-year moratorium on new bars or nightclubs on 9th Street between T Street and U Street. NBC reporter Mark Seagraves talked to business owners and residents about what they want for the area. Today is Wednesday, October 4th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. So Mark, I understand that there are some Shaw residents who are looking to ban new liquor licenses on 9th Street on the block just south of U Street. Why? Yeah, so they're upset about quality of life disturbances that they say result from the large number, the high number of liquor licenses that are on this block, as you said, right down off, off of U Street. And, you know, there are dozens of liquor licenses on this one block, whether they be uh package store or hookah lounges or restaurants or nightclubs or concert venues. They inhabit both sides of the block up and down. And if you go down there, uh, particularly on a Friday or Saturday night, uh, when the weather is nice, it's like Mardi Gras a lot of times. And so all the things that result, whether it be traffic congestion, loud noise, public urination, fights, you know, violence, uh, robberies, you know, they attribute all of this or much of this bad behavior to the people coming in, enjoying the nightlife on this block. And the residents who live on the adjoining streets, they've had enough and they're doing what they can to try to reverse the tide, if you will. I mean, everybody loves Mardi Gras, but maybe you don't want to live where it feels like Mardi Gras every single night. Tell me, is there an actual link between the liquor licenses and the establishments that have liquor licenses and an uptick in crime? You know, that's a really difficult thing to to say. You know, clearly the high number of liquor licenses there and in the adjoining U Street corridor attract people, right? And if you have areas where you have large numbers of people, particularly consuming alcohol at late hours of the evening, crime is going to increase. I mean, there's a direct correlation there without a doubt. Now, you know, what we haven't seen is, you know, what we saw recently in a club in another part of town where somebody was shot and killed. And then the acting chief of police exercised her authority to shut that venue down. And that venue has since had its liquor license revoked. So, you know, we haven't necessarily seen that happen in, in this block. But it's important to point out that there's a lot going on in this block other than just the liquor license establishments that are there. And when you talk to the owners of these clubs, I spoke to the owner of DC9, a, you know, a concert venue that's been there for many years. 
I spoke to a young entrepreneur who is actually has his liquor license application pending right now. I mean, he, you know, he's just put all his heart and soul into opening up a pizza parlor that has a bar downstairs. And if, you know, he's got his life savings invested in that and wants to open up in, in that location. And so what they'll tell you or what they told me is that they see the problem more as there are these food trucks that show up at night and park along the street to, to profit off of the large number of foot traffic that come through there. And they say, the, the merchants you know, that, that own the establishment say that a lot of these trucks are there illegally without permits. And in some cases, those trucks are actually selling illegally selling alcohol to mm. people. And so you have a lot of people drinking alcohol in the street, walking up and down the sidewalks. You know, they complain police aren't doing enough, that the alcohol board is not doing enough to curtail that kind of behavior. And that's what the focus should be on, not on these taxpaying brick and mortar establishments, some of which have been there for decades. Do the residents, are they only interested in the city not issuing more liquor licenses or are they trying to also revoke establishments that those brick and mortar establishments that already have their licenses? Like, what are they looking for? Yeah, they haven't tried that. If, if the moratorium is successful, it would not allow new liquor licenses to go into effect. And it would also speak to transferring liquor licenses. Mm -hmm. Or now what one club owner told me is that, look, if it goes into effect, it makes his liquor license so much more valuable because it's a it's a limited commodity. Right. And so but he still doesn't want it because, he, you know, they don't like that precedent of setting, you know, there aren't very many places in D.C. There are three neighborhoods now. There were four neighborhoods that had moratoriums on liquor licenses. West DuPont and their moratorium just expired in the past couple of months. Adams Morgan has one that has been in effect since 2000. So for 23 years, Adams Morgan has had one, and that is set to expire in December of this year. It could get extended, but right now it's set to expire. Glover Park and Langdon Park, Langdon Park is in Northeast, they also have moratoriums on liquor licenses. So this is just one tool in the tool belt that's actually very accessible to neighbors. You know, neighbors can't control how police deploy officers. They can't control how a regulatory agency would deploy their inspectors, but they can avail themselves of this process of, of, of getting a petition together, going before the alcohol board and saying enough is enough, at least put a cap so we won't have any more coming in and it won't get any worse than it already is. And, and the other thing that doing that, that when the community does that, is it kind of fires a shot across the bow, right? It, it, it puts the establishments on notice. It puts the city on notice that they're organized, they're serious, and, you know, they won't be ignored, you know, to, to coin a phrase from an old movie. So it's one of the few things that they can do. You know, the other thing that, that community members have been able to do for years is working with their advisory neighborhood commissions who can get concessions from liquor establishments when they go to have their liquor license renewed. And often they'll make these covenants, whether it be about noise or live music or, you know, regulating the hours for that or any other types of concessions the neighbors might want to get from them. But that is really as, as much as neighbors can do without actually going out there, you know, and strapping themselves to a lamppost and picketing and trying to block entrances, which I haven't seen these neighbors, you know, want to take that extreme 
step. But, you know, this is a classic example of citizens availing themselves of the process that, that is available to them and trying to make an impact on their community. Yeah, we haven't seen anybody strapping themselves to a light post yet. We'll see how things go. You know, you mentioned that they're they're doing these moratoriums in other neighborhoods like DuPont Circle. Have they impacted like crime and noise? Has there been a downtrend of that kind of stuff? You know, I haven't looked specifically at these neighborhoods and those numbers, but I, I will tell you, if you go to Adams Morgan on a summer Friday or Saturday night, you are going to find a lot of people and a lot of them in the streets. And, you know, in Adams Morgan, you still have the streeteries from the from COVID where you have, you know, part of the lanes blocked off so people can, you know, sit in the curb lane and restaurants can have places there. And, you know, again, back to Adams Morgan, you know, there are places that don't serve liquor that are open even later than the bars. I'm thinking of, you know, the giant slice stores, right, that attract a lot of people. They know the bars close at one or two in the morning. They can go there, you know, and get their munchies on with a giant slice. And so you're still seeing large crowds. I think what you're seeing in Shaw is a neighborhood, you know, Adams Morgan has had has been a nightlife center for decades, for generations, right? So it's nothing new. You know, Adams Morgan has been there forever, right? And so I think what you're seeing in this U Street neighborhood is a combination of a proliferation of liquor license establishments opening up because it's a growing neighborhood, right, that has more. And then you have more people coming in, more families, more young families. You know, I know a lot of people will use the word gentrification, you know, when they see this kind of movement happening. So you have a lot of young families moving into these neighborhoods, want to make a great quality of life for themselves and their kids, and they want to be safe. And at the same time, you see a lot of businesses coming in to kind of profit and serve those neighborhoods where they're seeing more and more people with more and more disposable income. The problem that you have is that a lot of people are being attracted from outside the neighborhood that are coming in, not just for that block, but for that whole U Street corridor adjacent to this one particular block. And so this neighborhood, this block in question, you know, kind of sits, you know, for them in an unfortunate spot. You know, they've got a nice little neighborhood, you know, during the day that at night turns to a very vibrant nightlife section. And that nightlife section corridor is expanding beyond just U Street and onto the side streets and, and into the neighborhoods. And that's where you're kind of seeing the conflict here. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there.
So let's go back to Shaw for a moment. In Shaw, are all the residents in the area supporting this? Like, what's the, who is the group that's come up with the petition around this? So, you know, it, it is a neighborhood group. I, I couldn't find any neighbors who were against it. And as a matter of fact, after my story here, and I heard from a lot more neighbors who were thrilled that I did the story <laughs> and put some focus on it. So it, it really seems to me to be, you know, neighbors versus merchants. Now, I'm sure there are probably some neighbors in there who are happy to have this. They understand. I mean, some of the owners of the businesses are neighbors themselves. I mean, the pizza guy that I talked to, he lives in the neighborhood. So he is both a resident and a business owner. And so it's easy to understand why people wouldn't want this activity going on a block from their house. But I think what you know, I know what some of the merchants will say is like, well, you know, the nightlife area has been here longer than a lot of these people have lived there, right? And, you know, it, it's just around the corner. Everybody remembers the, I'm going to forget the name of the business that sells the cell phones, but had the go-go music blasting oh, sure. right around the corner. Neighbors were furious about this. Go- well, you know, the reality is that guy had been on that corner for a hundred years, right? <laughs> and he'd been blasting go-go music out. And it was one of the only places you could go and buy CDs and get go-go music. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, these condos bringing up, right? And people paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for these condos. And they want some peace and quiet. But, you know, the reality is, you know, when they went and visited their condo to tour it, they heard that go-go music, you know, and it was there before that. And so it, it creates a real you know, divisive atmosphere that we see. And look, I think both sides have a valid argument about, you know, one free market and wanting to do business and acting responsible. And, you know, even one of the guy who owns DC9, been there for years, you know, he told me, look, I've got no problem. If you've got a person who owns a liquor license, who's a bad actor and, you know, doesn't, you know, have proper security and doesn't take care of their trash properly and gets people, you know, drunk all night and just pushes them out on the street, they should be held accountable. And he's, he said, I'm happy to see those people have their liquor license threatened. But if you have responsible owners, he doesn't see a problem with that. And again, they point more to those food trucks in that one block that have, they say, really added to this dimension of, you know, kind of just, you know, a Mardi Gras atmosphere of, of roaming the streets, open containers, being loud and boisterous and everything that comes with that. So what's interesting to me here is that the area's council member, Brianne Doe, would actually be for this petition. I would imagine that she might think this would be like bad for the area's economy, but she's actually supporting it. Well, neighbors vote and businesses don't always vote, right? Neighbors are like what we like to, what we call likely voters. And, you know, the people who own the businesses, many of them may not live in her ward or even live in the city. And so they're not as likely to vote. But when you have a bunch of parents who are ticked off about their quality of life, this is something that will drive them to the polls. And this is something that, you know, this is the very issue that a a ward council member needs to be reacted to. So it's not surprising at all that she would support this effort, you know, given that she'll be up for re-election at some point, and she'll want their support, and she'll want to go to their community meetings and say, look, I fought for you. I fought on your behalf. And so that's what she's doing. What do you see as being next in this story? Where do, where do we go from here? Uh, so as far as the timeline goes on this request, this effort to get the moratorium in, just last week, the 
public comment period ended, which means they have now had a public hearing with in-person and virtual testimony. They've gotten written comments that ended last week. So that puts a kind of a, a stop on that. So now it rests in the hands of the board members and they will debate, they'll look over this, they'll look at writing regulations, rulemaking around this and decide whether you know, they want to move forward with this, if parameters that were asked as far as the geographic location and the length of the moratorium and the, the bans on transferring licenses and whatnot, if that all comports legally uh, and to what they want to do, and then they'll make their final decision. This is a long process, so you won't expect to see any kind of resolution for this for months, maybe not even this year, um, as late as we are in the year. So it, it's going to be some time before any ruling is made. If a ruling is is made in the favor of the citizens, um, it'll put a moratorium and you won't see any more liquor licenses. Now, all that does is put a stop on new businesses coming in. They are still left with the same problem that they've been having. And I'm sure they'll go about availing themselves of trying to address it in, in any way they can, whether it's lodging complaints with the Alcohol or Cannabis Board against somebody's liquor license, calling police every time there's an incident down there, or, or if it's regulating those food trucks, these neighbors are, you know, are making themselves heard, availing themselves of the process in a, you know, very democratic way. Mark, thanks so much for tracking all of this and thanks for being here. I'm always happy to join you guys. Thank you very much for having me. Before you go, lead producer Priyanka Tilme is here with some quick news. Around 180 pharmacists and eye doctors in the DMV are striking, alongside 75,000 of their Kaiser Permanente colleagues across the nation. It's the largest strike by healthcare workers in years. The workers are protesting conditions that they say are stretching staff way too thin to serve patients well. Meanwhile, in other labor news, a large group of office building custodians marched through downtown on Monday. They were calling for higher wages and better benefits in their new union contract. The current contract expires on October 15th. And lastly, D.C. has agreed to spend millions of taxpayer dollars to update Nationals Park, including constructing a new scoreboard. That scoreboard alone is set to cost around $20 million. Sounds like a lot, but Events D.C. says these negotiations are a standard part of their lease agreement. By the way, what do you think of this newscast? Do you listen to it every day? Is it important to you that we keep doing it? We're debating switching things up and we want your input. Click the really short multiple choice survey in the show notes to weigh in. I promise it will only take two minutes. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend who lives or parties in the shop? We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.